Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ellen Trackman. I'm an attorney specialized in assisted reproductive technology law and here with my sister, co-host, um, person extraordinaire, Jennifer Aww. White. Yay. I was like, I'm not an attorney. I don't even play one on TV. So uh-huh. <laughs> um, speaking of playing one on TV, do, do you follow any celebrities? Um, I do regularly read celebrity gossip type news. So oh. yes, in a way. And I certainly have on social media sites like clicked to follow some celebrities. How about you? I Not like follow, follow, but, uh, my, my husband, Ryan, oh, I have to introduce him to my husband, Ryan, you, but like, everybody else doesn't know that that's who that is. <laughs> um, he went to school with Tay Diggs and Via Farmigan. So like, that's a, like, so whenever they pop up in like movie stuff or things like that, I definitely keep an eye out because they're mm. people that, that he like were his classmates in college. Like he went to Syracuse theater with them. Do they keep in touch? Like does, does him and does Ryan and Tay Diggs hang out? No, no, not at all. (laughs) Cause just like, if they're going to hang out sometime, I just might need to come visit. You might just happen to pop by. You might also be living in my living room. Like (laughs) the next conversation that we have. (laughs) Right. Oh, Hey. Right. Um, but speaking of celebrities, uh, I do feel like that we kind of have celebrities. I mean, we have a lot of people who are like your normal people that share their incredible stories of how they, they're like from their family or how they helped others. Lots of experts in this area. And I do feel like occasionally we get people that I consider celebrities in our world. It definitely felt really fangirly. So (laughs) yeah. And this episode included... Welcome, Jamie Kelton and Robin Hopkins to the show. We are so excited to have you. If anyone doesn't know them already, they are superstars. They have their own (laughs) podcast called uh, If These Ovaries Could Talk, and they have a new book out, If These Ovaries Could Talk, The Things We've Learned About Making an LGBTQ Family. And anyone who listens to this podcast would love, love, love their podcast as well as their book. And now you get a little sneak peek about them and all these amazing guests and stories they have. So I'll stop talking and let you guys talk now. <laughs> that, was a, that was a really beautiful intro. Thank you, <laughs> Jamie. We, there's only way to go from here is down. No, like, oh, I mean, no. like we can't. We can't keep that I don't know expectation. Yeah, I know, and I think we could learn something from that intro, Robin. We might need to do what we should do better intros. Is that it? <laughs> yes, we're actually going to yeah. focus this episode on intros for podcasts. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Podcast yeah. one hundred and one. Here we go. <laughs> well, for those who don't know you, how about you guys start by giving a little introduction of like your background and kind of your family that led to the podcast? Who wants to go first, Robin, Jamie? Ooh. Oh, oh, Robin. Okay, Jamie, Robin. this is like the Robin. elevator pitch on our podcast. This I know. Yes. Do an elevator yes. pitch. And whenever anyone asks us to do an elevator pitch, we always go, oh. oh like, like we haven't done do 150 that? of them. Okay. I know. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, my name is Robin. I have a wife named Mary, although technically we're just domestic partners. We have two kids because um, it's better for taxes. Uh, we have two kids. <laughs> one's 10, one's 12. I carried both of them. Uh, we made them through IUI. And now we are just trying to survive two parents working out of the house during a pandemic. Boom. 
Which will never end. And thank you for saying better for taxes because as the lawyer, I was like, what? Why? But there's better protection. So I'm glad you just like threw that in. My accountant, my accountant's like this wild Republican. And I was like, you know, no offense (laughs) to the Republicans out there. But I was like, I'm feeling bad as a gay person because I, I, you know, I've always been so pro-marriage. And he was like, listen, look at it like you're getting back at the man. He was like, and then when the kids turn 18, he said, that's when you get married after they're in college. And I was like, all right, I could go with that. Yeah, we <sighs> fought for this choice, but I don't have to take it. I'll exactly. take it if I want. Exactly. Right. We can Susan Saranda and Tim Robbins, Ooh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. It. Nice. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. <laughs> that's what I think okay. of you. That's what I think of you and, and Mary is the the Goldie Hawn, the gay Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell of the world. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's exactly what I think of you guys. I think you when might I think be being you. sarcastic, Jamie, but I'm still going to take it. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Listen, that's a compliment no matter how it comes because they're both (laughs) hot. Um, Okay, so I'll just do the elevator pitch of me and then Robin and I will riff on an elevator pitch about our um, (laughs) podcast. How about that, Robin? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Okay. All right, so I'm Jamie. I have a wife named Anne. We are actually legally married. We didn't Susan Sarandon it. Um, Yeah, we didn't know about that long. Oh, did you marry? Did you marry in the U.S.? Because I have clients who like married in Canada and then like a few years later married in the U.S. No, we married in the U.S. We married uh, the month that it was it became mm. legal in New York. Nice. Actually, nice. yeah, mm-hmm. that wasn't how, planned. How are your taxes? I didn't want to bring it up, but now that's come up. Are your taxes <laughs> I mean, okay? That... They're okay. We they're don't not as good as mine. Like yeah. Robin does, <laughs> clearly. Um, okay, but uh, we have two kids. We have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. My wife carried our first, our daughter, who's seven, and I carried our son, who is three. Um, our wife, our daughter was made through IVF and our son was made through IUI after about three years of unexplained infertility and every single possible, <laughs> um, IVF, everything, medication, just, I, I ran the gamut of the whole yeah. fertility struggle. Um, and, and unexplained it was just, is the worst because you're yes, like, just give worst. me an explanation. Give me something I can fix. But yeah, there no, was, and there was nothing. Me. And then oh. in the end, it was like a, a lightly medicated IUI that did it. So it, wow. it makes no sense. I know it makes no I sense. I love how you always say lightly medicated, Jamie. <laughs> like, like it's just like a little bit pregnant. Lightly like medicated. It was like a just sprinkle. a sprinkle of meds. Just a sprinkle of, because I had been on so many up to that point. Anyway. Um, okay. And the, and now the podcast, I think Robin, you should start. Okay. Um, it's, it's a, it's about, uh, oh my God, what is it? Oh, it's okay. It's two lesbians chatting with, um, LGBTQ families about their path to parenthood and their, and how they parent and, and how they show up in the world that is predominantly made for the straights, uh, as we call them. No offense. We still love you. No offense. We love love all. We We love all. We love everyone. (gasps) Oh my God. Um, and I think that's basically it in a nutshell. That's us. Yes. And then we have a live stream and then we have a book. We we like to say that we are every place that no one asked us to be. We just like keep creating more <laughs> channels for people to Yeah. We're yeah, like, do you want to see us in the bathroom? Okay, here's a channel. And I did yeah, just no. disclose where I live to you. Are you peeking through my window? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> we <basically, laughs> like got on the air. <laughs> and, and we'll show up to your living room and then we'll probably like run a show from there. We'll be like <laughs> out of Jen's living room. And I got no privacy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's us. Um, I love it so yeah. much. 
So as you guys know, our podcast is about all things assisted reproductive technology. So of our 120 guests or so, you know, a huge portion of them definitely fell within the same, the LGBTQ um, realm because so many you know, people there have to turn to assisted reproductive technology and, um, you know, so many different stories of donation and surrogacy. And then even like the crazy ones like that, I, you know, am so fascinated with like the legal issues where, you know, we had this great couple came on, come on who they had a friend as their surrogate. And then um, in, in the UK, and they were both US citizens. And when they tried to come home, they're like, your daughter's not a US citizen. And we're like, mm. What? Um, fix now. Thank you that that Trump appointed judge um, actually reversed the ruling and granted wow. your citizenship. So that was huge. Um, Oh my God, there's so much, there's so many things like to unpack about family formation in this area and LGBT families. Um, where to start? I, do you, well, we lovingly, we, I mean, we, you know, to use the technical term, we like to say that a lot of all of us LGBTQ folks um, need help getting pregnant because we have too much of one thing and not enough of the other. <laughs> that's the technical way to say it. And that's how we like to stick to it. Yes. I, um, I was listening to your book. We're and very I just medical. Heard you say that. So. We're very experts. medical. Yeah. Perfect. Actually, we, we make sure to tell everybody we are not experts. We're just two lesbian moms trying to make it in, in the world every single day yeah. and telling our kids to hurry up and get their shoes on because we're going to be late for school. <laughs> yes. Um, I just, yeah, I just ran universal. back for drop off myself. Is yeah. Wear our socks. We have no matching socks. Oh my god! Put your shoes on. My, Put your shoes on. Put your shoes, shoes on. on. Put your shoes on. Uh, I don't know where my shoes are. Yeah, it's uh, my kids were late on. this morning. I know it's a lot. Mm-hmm. My yeah, kids were I, really late. I have teenagers, and I are. I now just go. I'm just in the car. I just just go out and <laughs> yeah. I just sit in the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was late this morning and complaining about the fact that he couldn't get like an egg sandwich because he was late. Mm-hmm. And I and then I, I it, over text, I went into this whole thing about how there's other kids in the world that don't have food. And you should be happy. I was <laughs> like, what am I doing? And I know. He's Who just waiting for me? the bus. Who I know what are? happened to me. I well, my fun. daughter, my seven-year-old decided after uh, running to school, we have a mile to, to walk to school. Mm-hmm. We walked today, which was dumb, nice. a dumb idea on right? my part. And I, my daughter, when we finally got to the school block, after I'd been yelling at her to hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, <laughs> decided at that moment, we were almost to school. You don't like me. You you <laughs> like you like my brother so much more than me. Mom, I feel like you want me to be perfect. All that and start like really right now, we're gonna do this right now. I can't do this with you right now. You're I like can't I actually do just this. want you to be a little bit faster. Not Let's perfect. Just move faster. You have to walk into school right now. I don't think you're perfect. Nobody's perfect. Like, you know, like it's just ridiculous. Children will make you yeah. crazy. No, they're <sighs> Totally they are, yeah. We consider we continue to encourage people to have them. So I know. <laughs> what are I we know. doing here? This is your future. You're starting off. Sorry. This is, I know. We do this all the time. We feel bad on the podcast too. And also, this is the eight minute mark of the podcast, and we've already gotten you off track. I think you asked a <laughs> oh, question, okay. and we went okay. in a whole other direction. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put us back on track. Anyway, okay, so you I want to say I feel like our podcasts are such great resources because there are so many questions, so many different ways to form a family, and so people get to hear those. But you know, we all get a lot of. Um, um, you know, we don't always get all the love that we think we should have. So I do want to talk about recent trolling that um, mm. I think all of us have been subject to, but it sounds mm. like you guys especially. Um, why is there someone out there who's not appreciating what you guys are doing? Tell us about that. Well, in general, the LGBTQ folks don't get all the love in the world. I'm just going to say that, and then I'm going to pass it to Robin. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, that's kind of a known thing. Yeah. If you're queer, you might get some hate. Especially when you talk about queer people having children. I mean, if if you are a person who is uncomfortable with LGBTQ people in the world, you are definitely not going to be comfortable with them having kids because there's all these, you know, perceptions that we're trying to make our kids gay and just all these horrible stereotypes that are, you know, completely the antithesis to what's actually happening, which is what we've found. We've done 150 interviews with parents. And what we've found is that Every couple, because we can't accidentally get pregnant in in 99.9% of of cases, um, because that can't happen, we are intentional in our parenting. We are intentional in our choices. We we talk about where our kids, their origin stories, everything. everything. We just, we have to be so intentional. And we make goddamn, can I swear? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) We make goddamn good parents because of that. And, And yet- there's this perception by these ignorant people that we we're should just be raising parents. a bunch of perverts. Yeah, that we're just out there to raise yeah. more perverts and take over the world. It's just mm. it's hilarious, but it's, it's also it, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jamie, you go ahead. No, no it's also it's it, it, we also start planning our families way well more in advance than I don't want to say your average straight couple because I don't want to say that, but we start planning for our families we have to start planning years ahead, especially if you're a couple who thinks they might have to go the surrogacy route. That doesn't just happen on a whim. You have to start planning. You have to start saving. Mm -hmm. And so we start thinking about how we want to create our families Mm -hmm. sometimes before we are even partnered up because we know we're going to need help and we know we're going to have to go a non-traditional route to to make a family. So from... Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's intentionality across the board with our yep. families. And that's what shows up, like Robin said, time and time again. And in so. terms of the the trolling, you know, it's like you, you're just hearing so much of this in the news right now with the whistleblower stuff. Like I recently wrote a piece about it um, on, on Medium because we're getting trolled so badly. And, and the more I dig in on it, I just read something yesterday that said that Facebook's algorithm, it pushes – five times more for someone who puts that little angry uh, emoji oh, up seriously? than it does to, yep, five times more. And what's happening on our page what? is it, it even, and we sometimes will boost our posts, you know, with the podcast episodes because we want to get it out there to as many people as possible because it's helpful for folks. Right. Just and, so you know, I'm going to start putting angry emojis on your posts, but out of love yes. to get it <laughs> yes. out there more. So and then, and then, and then just don't be offended. It's just going to be a love hate emoji, angry <laughs> emoji. <laughs> but it's crazy though, because I think that there's some kind of like, I think there's the sinister thing that Facebook's supposedly, I'm going to say, uh, cover myself legally, um, purportedly <laughs> up to you know, that their algorithm is, is likes the controversy, but then it's also, there's this cycle of lookalikes, meaning like it's serving to people who have interacted with our content and we've somehow gotten into this vacuum of negative people and I can't seem to figure out how to get us out of it. And what Um, really, really, really sucks about this, like, yes, it hurts our egos to be, you know, bombarded with these negative comments about how we're freaks and these families are freaks and you shouldn't be parents, these kinds of things. But also these, we're putting up other people's stories. So to, so yeah, right. a, a family had to come to us and say, I want to share my story. We put their story out there. And then these trolls are commenting negatively on the people who have put their trust in us right. to 
put their story out there in a positive way to normalize and uplift and highlight our families. And that's what's really frustrating about it. So we can't engage with these negative trolls because we don't want our guests to see that. Yeah. I also think it's kind of, I think it's kind of crazy and just funny in some levels, not the Facebook part, because that to me is like, there's a real culpability or problem that's happening over at Facebook, you know, no matter how you slice it. But like uh, my wife and I have done two commercials together. We did one for Dole, uh, Dole pineapple, like fruit cups. And it was this yeah. funny one. You guys are just such did one. celebrities. I know wow. it's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. And then we just did one recently for avocado mattress and it's just like all us like, so like, you know, I was going to say so being gay, all, but being we're, all pretty, gay we're being gay. pretty gay and it just laying in bed, looking at each other lovingly. Meanwhile, Aww. then we got on a scooter and drove off from the shoot. We were like, bye. But w- 1 million moms uh, is so mad about it and started a petition about I it calling us like that. perverse. Yeah. And it was in the advocate like yesterday or the day before. I but I think it's that. hilarious. It's yeah. just like you're get a hobby. Like you're yeah. so ridiculous. This, is 1 million moms like two moms or who? No, it's, it's, apparently it's just one really angry mom. <laughs> Um, who who is behind it all? I mean, they have four thousand followers on Twitter. Like I, I you're a little them. shy of the one million yeah. mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just one so. of the times um, our our surrogacy agency has been attacked by trolls before, and mm-hmm. actually they were connected to one of those attacks too. So yeah, yeah, um, it's yeah. ignorance. People don't even understand what surrogacy is. They you know <sighs> they they literally think that somebody has a baby for you and gives the baby away. A lot of people really think that you know. Yeah. Right. They're not educated. Yeah. And then I they, mean, I'm sure you guys lived and breathed this in New York when they worked to change the law where, yeah. you know, ev- so many people turned to surrogacy. They're not born with a uterus. They had cancer, you know, LGBTQ. It's a, a lot of people and there are amazing, amazing women who are volunteering to help them. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, you know, people that we thought were like, you know, feminist heroes saying, oh, commodification of women and children. And, ah, it was really it's- frustrating. It yeah, is. when it's she so stepped in, I know who you're speaking about mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. the, that person. When she stepped in, it was like, "Oh, come on. come on, don't do that. You're just you're confusing everything." We had we had Michelle Buteau, who I frigging love on the podcast, and she talked about how she was fighting for that for surrogacy rights um, in New York State with alongside Andy Cohn. It was such a great she, interview. Yeah. yeah, she had her twins through surrogacy yeah. after a long, long struggle with infertility and a brain tumor. <clears throat> yeah, oh, that too. Girl. Right. Um, yeah, we've talked to a lot of folks who've used surrogacy, and it is not an easy path right? no. <laughs> at all, and it's one of the most expensive paths you can choose. Um, Correct. As I always say, the first thing I say to people when they come and talk to me, I say, I know I'm not your first choice. I know I'm not your second choice, right. and I am absolutely your last choice. You know, like, I, yeah. I know that. Yeah. No, yeah. Nobody chooses to go that direction. Well, yeah. you know, like, that's the thing with our families, though, with, with LGBTQ families. Like, uh, two gay men, that might be their first choice, and that's their, their, their it, primary their choice, choice. out and of necessity. Excited. Right, yeah. out of necessity. Right. But we talk a lot about, especially, like, when it comes to adopting and things like that, um, a lot of a lot of times we come to these 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 modes of making our family surrogacy and adoption kind of excited because we're finally able we have the path we've chosen the path and when we're excited to get this path started we already went through the pain of knowing that we can't do this on our own like years and years before this like we got over that when we came out you know and right. and so a lot of a lot of straight people, unfortunately, 
I don't want to just say straight people. I don't know how else to word it though, but um, okay. just say uh, it like with more disgust or something. Like yeah, straight people. <laughs> no, I, listen, I, I love straight people. I'm just, I just to differentiate Some of my best the friends two, are straight people. I mean, I know a lot of straight right? people. That's the thing that happens all the time when people find out you're gay. I know so many gay people. My cousin, my cousin's sister's husband is gay. Do you know um, Jen? She's from the upstate yeah. area. Do you know her? <laughs> no, really? no, I don't. don't. You don't look gay. She played anyway. field hockey. Yeah. <laughs> she looked gay, but you don't. Um, but um, I'm taking you off track, Jamie. You're making such a good I know. point. I'm sorry. I'm, like, I'm, laughing just, I, I, I'm laughing it through tears because I'm sure you've actually probably heard all of these things yes. too. And then I'm oh. just like, oh. Oh yeah, there's so many. We could we could just I think we could riff for probably like 10 minutes, Robin and I, on the yeah. things that you yeah. hear um as a gay person. But okay, so um where was I going? Joy. Where was I? You were going with joy. Oh, we come in so with joy. We come in with joy because we're finally getting the price the process started. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other folks who are not LGBTQ come here. This is the, like you said, this is their last resort. This is not what they wanted. And they're still grieving the loss of what Gosh. their plan was before they I got see to that this point. All yeah. the time. That's exactly. Sure. That is just so true. I remember going into the clinic the first time. And seeing like people crying and all these yeah. just unhappy women, and I was like, "What's everybody crying about? We're making babies." <laughs> and then, and by the way, cut to like two months later, I had a miscarriage, and I was in the office oh. for them to like do the check to make sure that that is what had happened and that everything was. And it was like, and I walked out in tears. And I yeah. was like, "Oh, now I get it. Now we I get it." it. But yeah. in the beginning, you really are hopeful and joyful, and you, you know, right. you're you're making a baby. We're finally doing it. We've you yeah. know all this time we've thought about how we might do it all this Lots time. Sperm. We did all these things to get there. Yeah. Or, you know, we've, we've saved the money for surrogacy or we, we came to the decision that adoption is our path. We can't wait. And then you go to the, the, you know, we talk to couples who, who go the adoption route and and they say that they walk into that first meeting and it's like being in a funeral home. Everybody is so sad and there's a great reckoning that happens to a lot of our (laughs) community when they realize, oh. Oh, this isn't a happy thing for most people, you know. So it's um, that's a that's it. That is a major difference between when queer folks make their families and and non queer folks. Yeah, and we and we talk a lot about how because of that difference, it's really important that at the agencies, at the the medical facilities, um, that we are spoken to differently. That people mm-hmm. understand it's not just a matter of changing the intake forms to be inclusive, but it's also just understanding that we're coming at it from a different place. Like the mm-hmm. first time I sat down with the doctor and I was like, here's what we want to do. We want to take my egg and we want to stick it in Mary's hopper and we want to make a baby that way. It's not ultimately how we ended up doing it, but it was where we started. <laughs> and and then he lectured us for like an hour on all the various different ways. And on I was like, hopper? yeah. And I was like, <laughs> Not just about my hopper, but if we could start here and if that doesn't work here. And I was like, you're not hearing me. We yeah. we are doing this in a purpose, a purposeful, yeah. intentional way because we wanted the baby to come from both of us. Right. It, I understand that you could just stick it in me and we could maybe do it that way. But I didn't ask you for that. And he just didn't, he wasn't taking in the fact that we were two women who had already done research, who had already thought about this. And he was treating us like we were infertile. Right. And, well, and, and there's I was, so much that yeah. goes into that calculation too of like, oh, well, this, you know, IUI is so much cheaper than reciprocal IVF, right? right? Because mm-hmm. especially because these fertility uh, clinics, they, success is their main thing. And most people who come to them 
have had trouble getting pregnant. So well, and their they, numbers are reported, And right? their numbers are reported. Right. And so when you go into these places, they want the best possible outcome, regardless of the fact that it, of if you've been trying with the traditional way or not. So they just, they treat you like Robin said, they treat you like you're one of the infertile people. I ended up being one of them, but we didn't start off that way. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. You can get there. Right. But you have to be respectful of my relationship and understand that my thought process was about how my wife can be involved because her genetics aren't going to be involved. And that's, mm-hmm. and it was, that was, that was like a long soul searching conversation we had had. And in one conversation, you negated all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, thought, thankfully, Mary and I, like, we laugh our way through most things, you know, like being, like having one million moms put a petition up against about us. You know, we're like, whatevs. It's funny. But it, mm-hmm. it, it can really get to you. And it's, it's mm-hmm. compounded over the process when you're continuously not spoken to you know, I mean, I don't want to be all preachy about it, but it's like, I, know, it's just I feel such like we're getting really thing. preachy. I know. Today. Damn, we <laughs> still not So did you ultimately go with that doctor? I mean, that's actually. We did because he because the practice took our insurance. Oh, you know, there was we also, only two that did. Uh, mm-hmm. We also joke a lot about when we when we go to f- um, choose our our practice that we're going to go to or whatever <laughs> our legal service we're going to use. First, we do what we like to call gay drafting or LGBTQ drafting, where you ask your friend who did it before you, where you went, and you go there. Mm-hmm. And if that if nobody's done it before you, you look at their website, and if they have a gay couple, like a picture of a gay couple, <laughs> or they have a rainbow. rainbow flag on the website, you think, okay, okay, we'll go there, we'll go there. A lot of people, um, a lot of companies put that stuff up just for face value, but they really don't do the work and they don't, they don't do, they don't practice actually changing any policies to actually include us and our unique ways that we come to these places. So, um, right. Like on the forums, are you crossing out husband and exactly patient? Right. And what's Are so you- funny and what's interesting, what I'd love to know is, you know, what it was the LGBTQ community is 5% of the population, supposedly, somewhere around supposedly, there, right? Supposedly, but I think it's much higher than that. Jamie thinks real. everyone's gay. But let's just uh, well, say, I think let's we're just all say that. slightly gay. <laughs> everyone's a little bit gay, right? <laughs> I would like, like to make out with girls. <laughs> I know. I would like to know what's the percentage of us represented at fertility clinics? And if it's much mm. more 30% or, you know, to, to, to the straight folks, like, I'd be really curious to know that, like, what's yeah. the, cause, and if that's the case, then yeah. GD, you better get your forms in order and you better yeah, train right. your staff. Seriously, seriously. For reals and for true. We've talked to some couples who have, who are way better than us. I mean, in mm. so many ways, but in definitely in the way of... Because we just work. talk about it. We don't do anything. <laughs> We're like, that's our work for the day. <laughs> we have contributed. There's points. The talking important. about it. Get, get, getting the word out there. <laughs> We're just joking. We do but, that a lot. Um, you know, like we've talked with couples, especially this one couple that I'm thinking of. You know who I'm yep. talking about, Robin. Yep, I do. I do. They, they faced... Well, one, of, one person in the couple was non-binary. And um, they faced some pretty crappy um, discrimination at this particular microaggressions at this particular clinic. And instead of leaving or writing an angry letter, they ended up working with this clinic uh, and going deep, deep, deep into every single one of their intake forms. Worked with them, did trainings for the staff. Like they went in hard and they changed this clinic for the better. Um, That's awesome. And, you know, so there's a lot of wonderful folks out there doing the hard work. We're just over here talking about it. <laughs> right. Um, right. 
Can we talk about how unfair it is for your community? So, you know, I, as an attorney, I like write about these cases and they just kind of blow my mind that it's still, you know, we've made so much progress, but then you get these cases like last month, there's one out of the Supreme Court of Indiana where same-sex female couple, um, you know, downloads a contract for sperm donation. A friend is volunteered. They all sign it. Um, she does the insemination of her wife. And then later when they divorce, you know, um, birth mom is like, she's not a mom. And yeah. the Supreme mm. Court's like, yeah, we don't care about this birth certificate. You know, you didn't follow these like technical rules. You should have gone through an adoption, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we preach about second parent adoption for that very reason, but I got a little blame to throw at that lesbian who's wrecking it for all other lesbians. <laughs> like you made that baby oh. with your partner. Don't yeah. be a turd. Don't yeah. don't I mean, use the because you're because you're affecting every gay after you like that's also really messed up. Also, just to just to be devil's advocate here, we don't know what their relationship was like. We don't know anything Jamie, about them. Jamie, Jamie. So you know, she might have had a very. Valid I'm throwing reason. shame. I don't care. I know you are, and I'm, I'm here to back on. Don't be a turd. I'm like I am I'm, now going to use that I'm, for everything. I don't know what's in, in the opinion from the judge, but specifically, there's like domestic violence where okay. birth oh, mom. Right. Okay, but, okay. But birth, no, no. But get this. But birth mom was the one who was take who was not allowed to see the child. So there was like a six month period where the other mom was oh. raising the child alone with out birth mom and then then other mom files for divorce because you know domestic violence and then birth mom's like she's not a mom and birth mom wins oh that's messed up so birth mom not only is hitting people i was right jamie not only hitting people (laughs) but also (laughs) trying to take messing it up for everyone and then messing up everyone yeah mega turd turd. okay well well we talk a lot about um, – we've talked to a lot of lawyers because we're not experts. We are the first to, to say that. But I know. And plus um, they're just like fun every, to talk to. They're really nice people and nothing's going on. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Some lawyers. Totally. Ellen. One of us. Totally. Oh. Yeah, especially <laughs> you, Ellen. But, uh, you know, and every single lawyer we've had on the podcast – cannot stress enough the importance of getting that second parent adoption, which sucks for our families that we have to go through that silliness because it's a lot of paperwork. It's a home study. It's expensive. It's expensive. It's one more expense. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. After you've already spent as much money as you did to make this dang family, you know, so. And then the kick in the, in the, you know, patooties about how it's your adopting your own child. My wife had to adopt the child that she helped we make that she yeah. made. I mean, I just finally um, finished my second parent adoption because we had to do a joint one because we each gave birth to one. Yeah. Um, and I just finished it. My kids are seven and three. Like, it's <laughs> hilarious that I just adopted my kids that I made with my wife, but we just adopt. It's just ridiculous. Meanwhile, I had the paperwork done before both my kids were born <laughs> and they were adopted the within three months. Yes. Yeah. That's the difference between I was not us. letting that. I was not letting that lie. But that brings me to my next point, one. Robin. That I think it's obvious just based on what you've heard so far, even before this little tidbit of information came out. But this brings me to my next point, which is not still to this day. There are a lot of LGBTQ folks who have made their families who who really believe and and I don't know how else to say it, but are adamant that they don't have to adopt their kids because they are on the birth certificate and that should, and that counts. And they have been told by some Mm. lawyers, there are some lawyers who Mm. will say that to them. And so we are constantly having these cases that are happening now prove it wrong. Like, look, here's an opinion from a few weeks ago where the judge is like, I don't care about the birth certificate. That doesn't make you a parent. It is not. It is only, it is only proof of birth period. First proof of identification. That's it. 
Yeah. Yeah. It is it's it. not proof mm-hmm. of parentage and you have to get some form of proof of parentage. I mean, in New York mm-hmm. state, just with that surrogacy law that changed and passed, they added a, like a softer, less expensive way to prove yeah. parentage. Um, and, and our, our lawyer, our, uh, Tony, who we like, love, 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 um, said, yes, that, that will count. But he was like, still, if he, he said it, you know, because it if is a privileged conversation. So if you yeah. can, it is still best to do second parent adoption. Option. Yeah, just to get it all buttoned up, just all just right. to be squared away. And now, why mess around with that? If you go to yeah. if you travel internationally, or you spend some time in the South, or you know, no offense to the South, but like your laws. <laughs> yeah, you never but, know. You know, people, you want to have it on the books. People don't get married and and think about the divorce they're going to have and if it's going to be good, uh, you know, amicable right. or yeah, not. Fifty percent people that. get divorced. And well, you just, and I, you don't I know. mean, divorce is clearly like the main reason it comes up, but I like to give them like the Kansas example where it was like, you know, the, the couple was fine and the sperm donor was fine, but because the couple, you know, one of them had to go on disability, the state of Kansas was like, oh, where can we find money? Oh, donor, mm-hmm. you're a parent, mm-hmm. pay money. And the case came, you know, only from the government. Not, none of the parties were like, we disagree about parentage. So I feel like that always, even though divorce is clearly where it's going to come from, like I warn people that it could be that you guys are all totally getting along and you trust each other, but it's the government, straight up the government coming after you guys. Yeah. Well, and you know what, you know what happened to me, what is, which is funny. Um, we didn't do the second parent adoption, especially by the time my first child was born, we left the hospital. We had both filled out the birth certificate. They told us cross out father and put mother, right? So that my name was on it. That happened. We did it. The birth certificate comes in the mail and they had listed me as father. So we call whoever it was we called and said, this is wrong. She is the, she is mother. We need to change it to be listed as mother. And the woman on the phone said, well, are you married? And we said, yes, we're married. Not that that should matter. <laughs> and then None of your business no. also like, do they ask every straight couple who comes to the hospital mm-hmm. to give birth to a baby if the, right. if the couple is married? Right. So, right, exactly. And then just for the icing on the cake, she said, well, you need to send me your marriage certificate. I need proof. And who keeps that even? I don't even know where mine is. Yeah. Right? Uh, well, we keep See, it. By because, the way, you know, we keep it. We have files yeah, because fair. we have that's to. That's fair. Because you have to. No, indeed. That was a very privileged thing I just said. You're right. Absolutely. Oh, oh, don't give yourself no, 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 give yourself no, 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 I mean, I mean, also, I've been married for 25 years, so really, it's right. been so long that I'm just like, I, I don't know. Where, where could it be? Why would it be anywhere? <laughs> right. It's just a piece of paper. But so, like, and and instead of, we, we could have argued with this woman, but we had a newborn at home who was a very difficult newborn, and we didn't feel like arguing, so we should, fine, we shipped her the dang, a copy of the marriage certificate, and we and we got it done, and we have we have the right birth certificate at this point. But, like, the, the point is... Uh, it's crazy. And this was right after gay marriage had been legalized. It was about a year into it. And so I guess not everybody was on board yet. I, I guess in parts of the country still, not everybody is on board with this gay marriage thing. And this was New York City, you know, mm-hmm. that this woman I mean, when, gave when us When my grief. kids are born, crazy. I traveled with, if we traveled anywhere, I had a packet, a Ziploc bag of a packet of all the documents, all the legal documents that we had created saying that Mary was the mother and like all of our wishes. And we carried it with us until the second parent adoption went through because of that story out of Florida. Those, that couple was on the Rosie cruise and the one of them got sick and 
she went into the hospital and the, and it was in Florida. Florida. So uh, you could just finish that sentence. And the the (laughs) nurse, the doctors would not let the, uh, the wife, their partner, because I don't think it was, there was, or the kids because she was not the birth mom, the bio mom. She would not let them in. And that woman died in the hospital without getting to say goodbye to her wife and her kids. So terrible. Awful. I mean, so it's like we carried, we carried Ziploc bags with us with paperwork because you know, those there's, like you you said, you just listed off like five different examples and you just, you don't know what one person with an ax to grind and some like, you know, a couple Bible verses is going to come at you with. (sighs) Yeah, so we, you know, we turned in our marriage. We took it dark, it. Jamie. We got dark. We I gotta know. Light this up. Why do we keep doing this? I'm going to turn this podcast off. Lesbians are too, fun, Jamie. Oh, but there, oh, there's one more. There's one thing that's kind of okay. light in this situation. We talked to this couple who uh, was conceiving their kid in Japan, but they're American. Oh, yeah. They're military. <laughs> and um, they, it, you can't go in as a single woman. You have to actually put a husband on the form in these fertility clinics in Japan. You have to have a husband. And so they had this American liaison, English-speaking liaison, who was helping them with the process. And she was like, just put a name down. Just put a man's name down. The wife couldn't go with her to these meetings. but She told her to put her cat's name down. They put the cat's name down. So the cat is listed as the father, which is hilarious. kind of hilarious, (laughs) but also terrible. Wow. Congratulations. But I mean, that's so like an international, fitting. you know, versus that's, that's like yeah, all women. That's, that's not even yeah. just a gay thing, but still. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we have, we have workarounds. We'll always have a workaround. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just funny. It was a cat. I don't know. I think it's hilarious. That is crazy. <laughs> that wouldn't work for me. My cat's name is Lucy. They'd be like, that's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> Lucifer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, my dog's names are Olive and Pickles, so I don't know, you know, like. <laughs> no, that's my husband, Pickles. Daddy's <laughs> Eleanor, Eleanor. Oliver. His nickname Oliver, is Pickles. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Oliver Pickles. So <laughs> one, one area I would love to ask you guys about, I don't know if you're seeing a lot of this, but um, we're really getting to hear more about like the the donor conceived persons, like the children, but now uh, adult people, mm-hmm. their voices mm-hmm. about their feelings on how they were conceived and brought into this world. And there was a lot of, you know, negative feeling, not great feelings about anonymity issues. And, you know, this is so it's kind of how it used to be, but people are working on changing it. And I'd love to hear your thoughts from your experience and your guests of like how, how, how you feel about that kind of world of how people feel like there should be access to information. There should be a right to know. Yeah. Well, before, actually, before Robin, you go into your Facebook thing, because I think obvious, that's the obvious place. I wasn't going there, take, but I like it. Okay. I think you should, take, well, obviously we should go there, but I wanted to bring up first uh, the donor kids that we have spoken to. We've, we've spoken to a good number of donor-conceived kids, um, and a lot of them say that they've met the ones who have met their donor donor siblings and you know there could be yeah. up to 20 or more donor siblings at, yeah. in, in, from any given donor or more. right and or uh, eight, oh. 800 we had a guest on who found out that her what donor oh, that wasn't through least, a bank she, it was through that a bank it was crazy. so uh yeah our guest was from australia and she they specifically can't oh. have more than five children and so they had chosen one that qualified for that but apparently this man who's famous in europe um, yeah, I heard about that. Many banks and many privately, um, you know, 
donating but yeah. has at least 800 children and I think probably a thousand. Wow. And that was a really messed yeah, up story. 20 or a thousand. Go on. So you, yeah, I mean, that's probably like a 1% story. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yes. But, but so the, this is a more wholesome thing is the, the, the donor conceived kids that we have spoken to talk about when they've met their, their donor siblings, the, the kids that were born in LGBTQ families are well-adjusted and fine and happy about um, meeting their donor siblings and, yeah. the, and, and are totally fully adjusted most of the time to being a donor-conceived child because, like we they, say- They have to know, right? For, they're going to start asking eventually. Your ki- our kids are going to start asking, well, how did I get made, right? So we talk about this, the our mm-hmm. families, from- birth. It's a part of their bedtime stories. Their origin stories are constantly talked about because we don't want there to ever be a secret of them finding something crazy out in the future. And it's an obvious thing. So it's something that we have to infuse into our lives as a family. Does the story include the identity of donor? Yeah. Well, it depends on every family, but yeah, we have the folder, you know, and we take it out and show the kids the pictures and all the info we have and, you know, and they, they lead the conversation and, and, and it's always an open uh, communication about the donor and how they were conceived always. But to add into what you were saying, Jamie, that both, both that I'm thinking of that talked about the issues within the donor siblings, they said that the kids that were the most messed up came from straight families or especially the kids whose parents who who were they found out either accidentally or they found out very late in life and we had been um, lied to essentially yeah yes exactly because that's what it feels like and all of a sudden they their whole identity shifts they like who they thought they were is not true and we had this their betrayal yeah who we lovingly refer to as lisa the therapist and she talks about (laughs) the dropping the seeds method about how you need to start your origin story as soon as as soon as as soon as they're young and, and then you just keep adding on to it. So it's like, I started mine when my daughter went to daycare and she was like three and she was going up to men on the streets and saying, that's my daddy. And we were like, um, <laughs> they all do that at some point, by the way. Yeah. They and we're all like, <laughs> no, it's definitely we're not. Like, and no, I'm pretty sure he's the homeless. cat is your daddy. <laughs> I have the documentation to show yeah. it. <laughs> Oliver Pickles is your dad and you know it and I know it. Stop it. And so I got this really specific book that talked about two le- two women using donor sperm and 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 we started reading the book and we just put it into rotation anytime she talked like that and then Do you over want to the share years, what we the have book continued was? to add on to the story yeah, yeah it was for it was it was from the donor conception Cause... network it's like mm-hmm. in it's, it's a, UK. A, a british yeah british um uh oh. organization Do you and read they it have to her in a, in a british every... accent no. Well, it, they say mums, <laughs> so I would be like, mums, <laughs> I'm Hermione Granger. Well done. Cheers. Oh, my God, Robin. My cousin calls me mom from the time we lived in England, so. <laughs> oh. No, that's cute. That's fun. But they have a book for every way you can possibly make a baby using, you know, ART. And it, it's, like, incredible because it, it does the work for you. It helps mm-hmm. take out any – like, I, I realized around the process – that I had some shame or like uncomfortableness with the conversation yeah. and saying sperm and talking about donors. And I was just like, Oh, but reading the book yeah. also helped me get comfortable with it because, you know, we would read it like four or five, six nights in a row whenever she did it. And then we would wait and see if she had questions. And if she didn't, we would just, you know, switch the book to something else. But 
and like I said, then you add on to it. So over time, we've added that, oh, you know, oh, there's donor siblings out there. Other kids were made from the same donor. And oh, you and your brother have different donors. And, you know, so all we add on to the story and now like full full circle or or, or or further down the line, my daughter's 12 and she's like, both my kids have met a bunch of their donor siblings. One lives in the neighborhood. And my daughter bumps into her at some points. Wow. And, oh. and it's just part of who they are. And one and of my kids not, is interested in the conversation. One is not. And it's, you know, but it's, it's all not there painful for them. for them in any way. It's not painful. Yeah. It's just part of their story. It's just who they are. And the best part of it is when your kids start, you know, saying, all the things they've been learning at home to people on the outside. Like, oh, no, I have a donor. I don't have a dad. You know, and they say things that you're like, okay, this is sinking (laughs) in. Or like, I have donor siblings. You're not lucky like me. You know, like, it's like, it's really funny how they take it in. You know what my kids are doing now? You know how like they always do those icebreakers, like two truths and a lie. Oh, my God. Both my kids (laughs) put on on their their lie, um, I'm adopted. And they oh, put that down funny. because technically they, they are, are adopted, and oh they and they, and they like love it. And and to me, that's like so cool because and they're they teaching are, other yeah, kids exactly, and they're comfortable. They're so comfortable with it. They're using it in an icebreaker game. And yeah, that's because it has always been in our house. It's always been an open conversation. It's yeah. so funny. And like my daughter will say, "Oh my God, no! You need sperm and a uterus to make a baby." You know, and they they know this stuff, and it's not uncomfortable for them or weird in any way. There's no taboo about it. It just is what it is. Um, and and every donor conceived child that we have talked to, even as adults, is very well adjusted, especially about where they came from of of LGBTQ families. We have not exactly. talked to any donor conceived children who were not in an LGBTQ family. But yeah. make no mistake, every time we talk to like a, a kid who comes from a queer family, Jamie and I are like, oh God, please don't let them be fucked up. I know. And then we like <laughs> lean in just a little bit closer. We're like, we're like don't oh my God, they're great. They're great. Moms, right? okay. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. The 4,000 moms. Yeah. <laughs> the one mom. Yeah. Um, so yeah. one other thing I would love to hear from you guys is like, Things that surprised you or resources that you feel like you didn't know about, but you'd love to share. So like we've had great opportunities to talk to like connecting rainbows to help people find, Mm -hmm. you know, those resources Mm -hmm. for second parent adoptions, um, as well as like men having babies, of course, help gay men to have have children and go through the surrogacy process. What kind of books, organizations, et cetera, have you been like, oh, people need to know about this? I mean, it's probably all of the same ones that you guys are. So you just named two that we are friendly <laughs> we with, and we know the folks who've created them. And um, but Jamie, we just got a great tip this in the this week's episode with Nikki Levy. Um, she talked about how she got a loan, which we were like, you can get a loan for oh, like yeah. a Jewish organization to help oh, her freeze her eggs. And then she great. talked about when she got to the med time, she she asked them if they would give a discount and one said they would give like a 25% discount. So she went back to the other med company and she said, listen, this other med company wants to give me 50%, you know, and I'd love to really use you. (laughs) And they honored that and gave her a discount. And I was like, you can wheel and deal if you are savvy. I thought that was the coolest tip. That was a really good tip. Like you never know. Just try. You never know. Like it doesn't hurt to ask, right? If you you don't ask the question, the answer is automatically no. Exactly. And then I have uh, just on another on another note. I just 
picked up a book for my daughter. My daughter um, has just recently started asking kind of about sex. She's she's basically eight. She's kind of started asking about these questions. And I picked up this book. I was looking for a book that teaches about sex for eight-year-olds that is inclusive. And I found two books. And one of them just arrived. And I am in love with this book. It's called The Everybody Book. It's sitting, I'm I'm turning my head to look at it because it's sitting over there. It is amazing. It covers every single, it covers gender. It covers any kind, like, I'm, we've only read like two chapters and I'm in love with the book. And my daughter's already talking about, well, I feel, you know, she's talking about her gender and how she feels on the spectrum, on the gender spectrum. And you have to be on board with this whole conversation in, in bringing, um, you know, this, the idea of there's a a gender spectrum and all this stuff and the non-binary and it starts from the basics teaching about sex and gender and the differences. And it's, I am in love with this book. There's pictures, but they're not like sensationalized pictures and it's inclusive and it's just awesome. So if anybody's looking for an inclusive book for kids about the birds and the bees. That's the one. I'm awesome. in love with we'll it. define it and we'll it. link to it as well so people can yeah. find it. Yeah. I will say I was at the pediatrician yesterday with my 11-year-old and I started reading her the puberty um, pamphlet and she yelled mm. at me to stop multiple times. So <laughs> that didn't go I just well. got the book that's like – it's called like – it's like S period, E period, X period. I, we haven't started reading it yet. My daughter is like not having any of it and I'm trying to figure <laughs> out because it's like – it's a much more – comprehensive and it's like for teens and into your early 20s um you know because I also want to get into conversations about consent and about yeah you know, and, and this about, book you know, this book talks about consent too it covers yeah. everything well, that's good. and I, and all I'm thinking and I said to her I said listen we don't have to sit down and read it together it's a chapter book this that's crazy talk we're not doing that I said but maybe what we can do is look at it like more of like a a like a, a project, like I'll read a chapter and then you read the chapter and then we'll just talk in the car while we're driving to lacrosse. But like, we'll just like what jumped out at you because it's like, you know, I just want to know that we can have these conversations and that she's, that we're aging it up. Like that, that drop the seeds theory. I use it for everything. Just keep aging the conversation up, Mm -hmm. but keep talking. Keep it open. Keep I it open. definitely try to keep talking. I feel like Jen and I's parent, we did, they did not really talk about anything. No, and I may have no, gone right. the other extreme where right. like I keep bringing stuff. They're like, stop, stop. We're just like trying to eat. Like, leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Penis, vagina, be- baby. Got it. I, got it. Got protection. it. Protection. Right? Say it. the word. Yeah. I, I do love the car thing. And I find in my house that those are the best conversations when yep. you can both stare ahead and you don't have to make eye contact. Yep. But you can have those important conversations. Yeah. If you live in a city, walking is a great time. Yeah, because they you're right. It's about together. the eye contact. It's not so. There's not so much pressure, and you can change right. the subject, and you can look around and be like, "Ooh, that tree is pretty." So anyway, penis, vagina, right? Yeah. And I think, actually, I think for me, I'm in the sweet spot because my daughter is still at the age where she wants to come to us for everything, and she wants our attention, and she's not in the puberty stage yet where she's like, "Ew, mom, stop." So I am able to like infuse all the good stuff into her brain right now, and we'll see if it nice. sticks, but. So far, it's going really well, and she's, like, super into it. So, Well, I'll tell you, my favorite is my uh, now nine-year-old. He is, like, very, like, empathetic about, like, the time of the month. He's like, I'm so sorry about your <laughs> uterus shredding itself from the inside. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, buddy. So, yeah, you're like raising I've him done right. a good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Your uterus shedding itself from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been so good. We we love you and we are so excited that you were willing to spend this time with us and so 
so much to come from your podcast. And I mean, I know the book, everything, anything else that we should be looking out. I mean, I know you're at Jen's like back. Bathroom yeah, we're doing right that now. podcast out of Jen's what? living room. That starts <laughs> next week. What else can we expect from you? What is, is on the horizon that we should be excited about and checking out? Well, I wanted mm-hmm. to say about the book before we just yeah. like pass over please, that. I want to say what's yes. what's really cool, and because I know your audience is LGBTQ and allies and also um, straight. So like what's really cool about the book is it's it's kind of like it's an offshoot of the podcast, but it's it's told by chapter by like, you know, like how to make an LGBTQ baby, then maybe like, now what? Now that you are an LGBTQ parent and the legalese and adoption and trans um, fertility. So it's like each chapter is broken out by topic. And then within it, we share snippets of family stories that pertain to the topic. And what's so cool about it is it's, it's a really great look at like almost like the fabric of all of our families and, and being able to see it. And it's such a great resource. If you like, if you're in the LGBTQ community and you're about to try to have a baby and and, you know, you give that book to your parents or you read it. If you're trying to figure out the path that you want to go down to have, you know, to have a baby or, or if you're an ally and you're just like, I want to know what that, that gay couple down the street, what, 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 how do they make their baby? (laughs) It's like, it's such a great resource, but it's also really fun and funny and, and, and has such, nice human moments of our families. Am I right, Jamie? I love it. Yeah, you're right. You said it really well, Robin. Good job. And as a reminder for listeners, that's if these ovaries could talk, the things we've learned about making an LGBTQ family. Yeah, super short title. We kept it short <laughs> yeah, for a reason. We're going to get this right. Oh, we're no. nothing if not brief. And, and beyond <laughs> that, our next steps are just world domination. Jen's <laughs> living room okay. and world domination. No, Robin That's really loves to say that. We just, we're, ev- like we said, we're everywhere you didn't want us. So we have a live stream every Thursday on our Facebook and YouTube channels, which you can always check out. Um, and, and there the we talk about, like we, we yeah. go a little broader. We talk like, LGBTQ, entertainment, pop culture, parenting. We do a lot of parenting talk about like how much our kids are turds and, you know, because <laughs> they are. And, and, you know, current current affairs and things like that. And it's fun. And, and that's a chance where you can actually interact with us and comment and we'll talk with, we'll chat with you. Um, and then there's also, of course, the podcast. Every Monday, a new episode is released. Um, so there's that. Awesome. Okay. Everyone check all of that out. Thank you to Robin and Jamie for joining us today. This has Thank been Thank you so much for having Thank us. Thank you. We had a blast. Really, yeah. Great time. Thank you to Jamie Kelton and Robin Hopkins of If These Ovaries Could Talk for joining us on the podcast. If you haven't checked it out yet, go check out their podcast or check out their book as well. Or both. Yeah, for both. I hard copy. You can do it. You can listen to it on Audible. Um, so so many options for listening to their amazing stories. And I can tell you from just listening to the book, I have learned so much and heard amazing. I mean, I feel like we know so much in this area and hear incredible stories. And I've learned even more. So. Yeah. And I will say, I mean, I know it sounded like we had a lot of fun in that interview and we did. And also even off the interview, like they are the kindest, nicest, most genuine Mm -hmm. people. So really, really had a really good time. And we know that you guys are the kindest, nicest people. Right? (laughs) Give us reviews. Leave us reviews on iTunes. We also have a new thing out there. If anybody wants to come check in with us, we have started a Facebook group. I know Facebook is so over now and all that stuff, but it's the best place to have groups. So if you look for the group on Facebook for I Want to Put a Baby in You, you can request to join us. 
We would love to have you interact, hear about what your favorite episode is, just have conversations about what's going on in the world, infertility. We really just want to interact with you in other ways. Also, if you're afraid of us and don't want to interact with us there, you can even leave us a phone message. Uh, our number is 303-997-1903. We are so grateful that you come along with us. We are also have to, as always, give a big thank you to our team. So thank you to Amanda, to Tyler, to Melissa, and of course to Chris at Work at Bird Studios, who makes us sound incredible and brings us to you as as often as we can get here. I would say every week, but as often as we can get here. So thank you for being with us. <laughs>